Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's often great excitement in a church when a church is calling a new pastor. I know of a church several years ago uh, that was calling a new pastor, and, and so they had this same sort of excitement. And they weren't just calling any pastor. They were actually, they were getting a really good one. They, they had been without a pastor for a, a year or so, so they would have been fine with just about anyone up in that pulpit. But they, they shot for the stars, and they called uh, a highly qualified pastor, and to their surprise, he said yes. The reputation of, of this new pastor spread around the congregation like wildfire. Stories about how this new pastor had started not just one, but two churches previously. He had built two churches from the ground up with just people who, who loved Jesus and, and nothing else. And one of these churches, he even started before he even finished seminary. He was a bona fide pastor rock star, and every ministry that he had been a part of had, had been absolutely thriving in a way that just excited this church. But when the pastor actually arrived, the excitement started to fade. He didn't exactly live up to the sky-high expectations that they had for him. The congregation was surprised by how, just how disorganized he was. When you walked into his office, it, you had to walk like you were going through a minefield in case you'd, you'd step on the wrong spot and books would tumble over and, and pa stacks of papers would fall over. The pastor was also often late to work, late to meetings. Sometimes he would even cut it close to being late to Sunday services on a Sunday morning. And actually, the more time that the congregation spent with this pastor, the more they began to wonder how in the world he actually planted churches in the past. After a few months with this new pastor, the congregation could only come to one conclusion. The Holy Spirit must actually be that powerful. Now, I, I don't tell you that story to make you worry about your new pastor coming in a few weeks, Pastor Sam. I am confident that Pastor Sam will be absolutely great. I, I, I say that story because too often we also need a reminder of just how powerful the Spirit really is. And there's no better day for a reminder than today, Pentecost. Today we are celebrating Pentecost and Pentecost was and still is a Jewish holiday. It marks 50 days after the Passover. But for Christians, Pentecost has taken on a whole new meaning after the miraculous events that were recorded in our reading for today. Now at Pentecost, our attention turns to the Holy Spirit. Although the Spirit is always working in this world and, and, and has been since before the world was even created— there was something new and something different that happened at that Pentecost. At Pentecost, we, we see the Holy Spirit at work in surprising and miraculous ways. And it's worth our attention today to take a closer look at just what the Spirit did that day. How the Spirit worked almost 2,000 years ago. And, and we'll, we'll notice, well, the Spirit's doing pretty similar things even today. So let's, let's dive into it. The Spirit's power was first made known that day through several miraculous events. First, we had the, the sound like a loud rushing wind. 
Then we have tongues of fire settling on each of the apostles' heads. And then finally we have that miracle of speaking in foreign languages. Now those first two signs actually don't receive all that much of a response from the people. There's a little bit recorded, but it's that third miracle, that speaking in foreign languages, that, that really catches people's attention. And I can kind of understand why. Think about back at that time, traveling great distances would have been exceedingly rare. It, it was hard to do. Only certain people would ever travel very far distances. Maybe merchants or soldiers or rulers checking out their entire region. But the exception to this is for a pilgrimage. For a devout Jew living in a faraway city, they would make pilgrimages to the temple in Jerusalem. And this would be just about the only time that you would actually make this sort of a journey, this sort of a trek. Can you imagine being one of those Jews in, 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 the, in Jerusalem that day? You're probably the furthest from home that you have ever been. You're in an unfamiliar city, in an unfamiliar country. And then you hear someone from a crowd start speaking your language. I think it makes sense that it would, it would stop you in your tracks. And notice that the disciples didn't really need to speak in these languages in order to communicate with the people. After all, just about everyone knew Greek. Greek was the common language for the area. It's how the people are, are able to speak with one another when they ask, how is it that we each hear uh, each of us in our own, native, ta in our own na native language? See, the disciples didn't actually need to speak in these languages. But the Holy Spirit was showing his power, and the Holy Spirit was reaching people in a new and unique way that spoke straight to their heart. The Holy Spirit was reaching them in the language that they thought in, that they dreamed in, that the, the language that they made jokes in, the language that they spoke at home and, and to their family. The Holy Spirit was working in this miracle to speak the word of God straight to people in a way that would reach and cut straight to their heart. And I'm reminded that the Holy Spirit is still doing that today. When I started here on Vicarage about 11 months ago now, one of the things that intimidated me most was hospital visits. What could I possibly say in those situations that would be of any help to someone in the hospital? What authority did I have to say anything at all? I was, I'm a, I was 24 at the time, and, and I'm just a kid who knows nothing about what it's like to go through a serious health crisis. And I, I brought up this concern to Pastor Arf one time at one of our lunch meetings. Um, and and I'll, I'll paraphrase what, what he said to me. He says, I, I don't think that feeling ever completely goes away. What authority do any of us have to speak in those situations? But you're not here to make everything better. You're there to listen, to pray, and remind them of God's word. The Spirit will do more with that than you could ever do on your own. I have found that to be abundantly true. I've had lots of spiritual conversations my time here at St. Luke's, lots of times talking about Jesus with other people, but nothing really compares with those conversations that I'll have next to the hospital bed. 
It's in these times when I have absolutely nothing to offer of myself. No wisdom, no advice, no jokes that can make everything better. That's when the Holy Spirit continues to perform miracles of speaking. He continues to speak the word into this world, into these places, and to find people right where they are in order to reach them. That's the miracle of speaking that the Spirit worked on Pentecost. But there was actually another miracle that the, the Spirit was doing at the exact same time. You see, Pentecost is a miracle of speaking, but it's also just as much a miracle of hearing. At Pentecost, it wouldn't have mattered much if, if the apostles spoke in every language under the sun if no one was there to hear them, if no one was actually listening to them. But the Spirit showed his power in bringing people together to listen to the apostles. And Luke tells us over and over again how the people reacted to the disciples' teaching. They were amazed, astonished, perplexed. Over the course of about seven verses, Luke uses five different words just to explain the wonder that the people were with, were, had at what they were witnessing. See, the Spirit was working a miracle to bring these people to listen to the words of Peter. They, they never would have really given Peter much, much thought before. After who was Peter? He was a nobody. But the Spirit used Peter and, and gave people the opportunity and the power to listen to him. Even the people who didn't respond well to the miraculous speaking. There were people who mocked the disciples and called them drunk. Well, the Spirit used their jeers to be the launching point for Peter's whole sermon. And, and it gave him an opportunity to tell the story of Jesus Christ. Because of the Holy Spirit, thousands of people were listening to Peter speak the gospel. There's no other way to describe that other than an absolute miracle. It's pretty easy to overlook this miracle when we read this story. It's even easier often to overlook this miracle when we consider our own lives. We often overlook the fact that the Spirit is the one and the only one who can open ears to hear. The only one who can create faith. So it's easy to overlook this miracle at Pentecost and easy to overlook it in our own life. But friends, you all have been on the receiving end of a miracle. God the Holy Spirit has put the message of Jesus Christ into your ears, and he has created the faith in you to receive it. We are all the recipients of this miracle. This upsets everything about the way that we normally organize the world. See, not a single one of us has any more of a claim to Jesus than anyone else in the church. From the newest baptized child to the, the oldest retiree to the pastors up front, we should all be astounded, amazed, mesmerized by this grace. We should all thank God that he has chosen us, people with nothing to offer, to be a part of his church. And finally, there's one more miracle that the Spirit worked uh, at Pentecost. The Spirit worked a miraculous harvest. Like I said before, Pentecost wasn't a new thing. 
the holiday had been celebrated for thousands of years before the first Christian Pentecost happened. For faithful Jews, Pentecost was a time to thank the Lord for his blessings and the harvest. It was a celebration of the Lord's provision and a celebration of the first fruits from the field of that year. So for thousands of years, this holiday was a chance to celebrate the earthly harvest that God had provided. How fitting is it then that on this particular Pentecost, God had a new harvest in mind. He had new first fruits to produce. Luke records that 3,000 people were baptized into Jesus' church that day. 3,000 people received Christ's forgiveness. 3,000 people were transformed into followers of Christ. 3,000 people would go home and tell everyone that they knew in their own countries, and they would bear witness to what they had seen and heard. That is only possible with the power of the Holy Spirit. That 3,000 is a remarkable harvest in and of itself, but it was only just the first fruits. It was just the beginning of what the Spirit would do and, and is still doing in this world. That 3,000 is the seed that has grown into the church that we see today and that we are a part of today. And now, 2,000 years later, the Spirit is still gathering His harvest. And we are each being transformed into His witnesses. We continue to bear witness to the world that the Holy Spirit has tremendous, miraculous power. Like the 3,000 who returned home to tell of what they witnessed, we too bear witness. Through our words, through our actions, we bear witness to the whole world that the Holy Spirit is actually at work and the Holy Spirit has done things in our lives. Take a moment and think about how you conduct yourself at work, for instance. How do you bear witness to the fact that the Holy Spirit has been at work in your life? Or how about online, on Facebook, Instagram, and all social media? Do the things that you post or the way that, that you interact with others, does that bear witness to the power of the Holy Spirit? I, I, I acknowledge this is a hard task to be a witness to the Holy Spirit. But don't hear just the difficulty of this calling and forget the most important truth about the Holy Spirit. He is powerful and will work to point all to Christ, even through our weaknesses. And we simply get to celebrate the work that the Spirit has done and continues to do. We get to marvel at it, and we get to tell the whole world about every miracle that the Spirit continues to do today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.